0: Welcome to Women on Wealth, a podcast by women for women. Our mission is to empower women to embrace the discussion around wealth, demystify finance and market-related topics, and break down the emotions that surround these decisions. Your host is Julina Ogilvie, partner and wealth advisor with Principal Wealth Partners. She's a certified private wealth advisor and a certified investment management analyst with over 25 years of industry experience.
1: Well, welcome everyone to Women on Wealth. And I am really excited to have today Pam Keo with us, who is president and CEO at Make-A-Wish Foundation of Connecticut. Many of you know that Make-A-Wish ensures that every child with a life-threatening illness gets the wish of their dreams. Pam has been with the organization for over 10 years. Uh, she has held previous roles. And Pam, you've been in every type of of role. IT, finance, information officer, audit manager, your background clearly has enabled you to fulfill
2: this distinguished role. So congrats and welcome. Oh, no, thank you. I like to say they used to do all those jobs that most people didn't like to do, yeah. So operations ones. Um, so yeah, I'm a recovering insurance executive who finally found the light. You know, one day, as you can imagine, working in windowless rooms, on whiteboards, I, I spent a lot of time traveling, especially to India. I was doing a lot of outsourcing back in the day. Wow! One day, I just said to my husband, "Like, if I die today, I'm going to be really—it's going to be really upsetting because I didn't really do anything meaningful."
0: Yeah, and that,
2: that started me on the path to try to figure out what to do. Talk about a meaningful transition. Can you can you talk about how you ended up at Make a Wish? Yeah, not the path that most people take. But what I did is I was turning a certain age, so I was really reflecting and trying to figure out what I want to do. And my family was having a great time. They were volunteering. I never had time. I was working too many hours. I was traveling too much. And I hired a coach, um, and a coach that really works well. And we sat down, and we zeroed in on what I want to do is work for a nonprofit, either helping children or animals. Mm. And but at the time my children were younger, so I didn't want to leave Connecticut. Yeah. So the old-fashioned way, we took out the computer. Well, what were all the nonprofits in Connecticut that dealt with children or animals? And we zeroed in, and I circled Make-A-Wish Connecticut, and I said that's where I want to work. Oh wow! With no no uh, experience in nonprofit. Right. <laughs> so you can imagine it was a little bit hard. I'm like, great, you know. And and at the time they're like twelve people, so wow. I thought well afford me, but I got to figure out how to do this. And, and that started me on my journey talking with certain other people who had made the transition. And in fact, I probably get a call once a week from someone, a friend of a friend or a friend that I knew a while back who wants to make some type of life change changing move in their job. You know, they're sure. unhappy, they're tired, they're want to do something more fulfilling. And unfortunately I don't give them the advice that maybe they want to hear um, because a lot of them are maybe too early in their career or they still got young children. And sure. I say, wait till your children are older. Uh, wait till you've got college put aside, then make the move. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, you got the financial head
2: on you. I love it. <laughs> I, I Exactly. And of course I didn't heed my own advice. So maybe that's, um, and I kind uh, of well, it's all going to work out somehow. And it, and it does work out. It's it's amazing when you just, you know, visualize things and you put your mind to it and things that you thought were important in life. Right. Weren't as important. Yeah. Um, you know? And yeah. And, and you
1: bring up a topic that I hear all the time, especially from women. Uh, and I always think it's interesting when I ask individuals like yourself, how you got to where you are, it almost always starts. Well, not the way you would have expected it
2: right? (laughs) So I had no experience in nonprofit. So I would say too, that if you, if you really want to do that, you know, go volunteer in an organization and roles do open up. The other thing I hear is people want to start, start at the top. I actually, you got to take a chance, right? So I, I left the insurance world, um, to have a three month engagement with Make-A-Wish.
1: Yes. You mentioned that. I'm glad you bring it up. Yeah.
2: And and I didn't know what was going to happen and I didn't know if there's a job at the end, but it turned into the COO role, which within nine months turned into the CEO role. Um, So it did work out, but I had to I had to take a leap of faith and and kind of leave something that was a sure thing to to make it happen.
1: Yeah, you were bold. I love it. Well, and can you talk a little bit about how Make-A-Wish is structured today just from like a large corporate level?
2: Sure. So we're, we're what's called a federated model. So I hate to liken to, to a franchise, but it, it kind of is that. So the, the mothership is in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, that's where the first wish happened. So that's where it was a group of five individuals who found out about a kid who was very sick and wanted to be an Arizona police officer. They mm-hmm. got together. They made him a little uniform. You know, they had a bake sale, raise some money. And he, Chris, gracious, he passed away a couple weeks later But they said, you know, we're going to let's do this again. And then back in the day, uh, NBC magazine came calling and said, you know, did an article. And then people started calling them saying, can we start chapters? 42 years later, there's 58 chapters uh, granted over 500,000 wishes. And and that's just how it started. If you've read the book, Good to Great, right? That was a tipping point. Yes, absolutely. I love that book.
1: And um, so there's one chapter in Connecticut, correct?
2: There's one chapter in Connecticut, but the, in New York, there's, there's five. It's just, it was like organically, it just popped up and all over the country. In fact, there's also Make-A-Wish in International, but it's part of like a separate group and a separate charter. And okay. so we cover Make-A-Wish Connecticut right now. And like I said, we're a federated model, so we have a national office that provides Branding, which is great. Um, mm. Celebrity access, you know, the celebrity doesn't want 58 chapters calling him. Yes. And then, but we have our own board of directors. We have our own uh, PL yeah. and can act independently without within certain guidelines. Okay. That's
1: great. And I know we'll talk about your PL in, in a second, but you, one of the things I noticed on your website was uh, there's a really interesting video that discusses how studies are showing. Um, how creating a wish for a child creates strength and hope and determination. Uh, it, I, it was a very impressive video. Can you talk about that?
2: Yeah. So at Make-A-Wish, we always knew that wishes created some type of strength, joy, and hope for these children, but we never really had the scientific data behind it. And in fact, when I apply for grants and things, right, there's no box that you can check wish. Yeah. It's just, you know, your financial literacy, are you health, you know, health services, are you... And so to have this data behind us is what we always knew. In fact, um, out of Arizona, there was a, there was a study that they, he created, he he took 500 kids and half had a wish and half did not have a wish. And what he realized is it started with one of his kids went to meet his famous basketball player and came back and there was truly no sign of his disease, this rare disease his child had. Oh, wow. And he said, what, you know, what, what happened here? And it just, So there's some things I'd call it the wish magic, but then there's also these kids, it gives them something to look forward to, right? They're going to comply with their medications because if they can go have their wish, they have to do all those things, right? It just gives them some, you know, it's just some hope in their, their, their day. So, so we're happy we have more studies. I think there'll be more down the road, but right now, you know, we've got a few that are just, um, we're very pleased with them. And and how recent are these studies? They're definitely a few years old. Uh, I would say at this point, you know, it's the time in the last few years is kind of uh, a little squishy, but Fair. they're probably about five years old. This okay. is recent one. Yeah. We struggle like, do we pay for a study? Do yeah. we have a university do it and just support them? Um, so those are the kind of the conversations we're having right now.
1: Yeah. Those are the really interesting conversations I'm sure you have with your board and 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 let me let me circle back with that because your 2022 audit was incredibly impressive in regards to the finances. Can you mm-hmm. can you
2: talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's great you looked at the the, the recent one. If the couple of years before that weren't so great with the <laughs> pandemic, get um, a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, so we had a couple things happen. I, obviously, people are coming back uh, to events, which has been great. Yeah. Unfortunately, some of the events uh, we lost. There are people who do events for us. And they'll, for example, do a golf tournament. And a couple just said with the pandemic, like, you know, I had a good 10-year run, retired. I think we're done. And some of those didn't come back, which is too bad. But what we also did is we started a capital campaign. And it was the first one in the history of Make-A-Wish Connecticut. And believe it or not, so the pandemic starts. Our capital campaign pretty much started at the same time. And I said to my husband, you know, I just might get fired for this one because <laughs> it's not the best timing. Oh, And there were two really quiet months after the campaign launch that I thought, wow, we're just not going to raise, raise a dime here. Yeah, this tremendous building, we have to transform into this great wishing place. Yeah. And then I got my first donor. And she came, she saw, and I remember we were wearing a mask and, and she said, I I'm going to talk to my daughter and I'll get back to you. And I was really hoping for 500,000 from her, which was a lot. The most she had ever given was 100,000. Sure in a year. And I said, "Well, if I could at least get 250." And she came back and said, "I see the vision. I'm giving you a million dollars." Oh, that's amazing. So then we were off and running and people really do want their name on something to be yeah. re- remembered some legacy for their family or someone else. So that was a surprising part that uh, we did very, very well. And you'll see some of those numbers reflected in our financial statements. That's great.
1: And how much of the money that comes in is utilized towards the actual wishes? Can you talk a little bit about the breakdown of, of the I finances? Can, yeah.
2: So right now it's at 71% of every dollar you give to Make-A-Wish uh, goes towards the programs. Wow. So that's um, 8% is really just to administrative and salaries and the rest help with fundraising that you have to spend some money to raise some money. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten that as high as 80%. So we will get back to that obviously with a campaign, you have a little bit more expenses on the fundraising side. Sure. You will get closer to the 80%. And, and you know, really when you donate to any, any charity, you should really look at, at GuideStar or Charity Navigator. Mm. because Sometimes, although it, the title says it sounds great, when you actually look into it, it's not a legitimate organization or it doesn't give very much to the programs.
1: Yeah. It's important to look under the hood. So I'm glad that you mentioned, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, And, and let's talk about the wishes. This is, so, so how does the, what does the financing of of a wish look
2: like? So the average cost of a wish is about $10,000. Although, you know, we're really, it's, it's, been increased to about thirteen the last couple of years, so we struggled ten thousands a nice number, easy number, yeah. yeah. But things have gone up. Um, hopefully, they're starting to come back down. I don't know if they'll come back to that that number that we were hoping to ten thousand, but that's what it costs. You can imagine a family. It isn't mom, dad, and two kids anymore. Yeah, sometimes it's it's a complicated family. Uh, we've had split families where. Dad goes Saturday to Wednesday to Disney and mom comes Wednesday to Saturday. Mm. Try to work, you know, things out best we can. We have a family of eight going to Hawaii uh, the next couple of weeks. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and
1: um, I like the idea of, well, we'll circle back on the 10,000 at the end. So, (laughs) but it's nice to have a round number. And, and I, I know each story is incredibly impactful in their own unique way but are there any that kind of stand out that you can talk about as examples
2: well i'm a big red sox fan so one of the biggest wishes we did was thomas who has uh Duchenne muscular dystrophy loved to play baseball but was losing his ability to do that and what he wanted to do is look out his bedroom win- window every day and see fenway park mm. And so when we talked to the community about that in 35 days we built a mini replica fenway park in his backyard oh wow and we've had we had the university of hartford team come play wiffle ball there we've had fundraisers and thomas is still enjoying it today which is great so that's that's one that just near and dear to me yeah but you know it's hard to just pick pick one but there's just so many um half of our wishes are disney And to see these kids light up when their pictures are down there with their, the princesses or whoever they're with, it's just, you know, amazing. And and to see a whole family just relaxing for once.
1: Yeah. I I guess I shouldn't be surprised at half for Disney, but that clearly shows why, how you get to 10,000 very quickly with a family.
2: It does. And, you know, especially the little kids, like that's really what they want. But then there's some of the older kids that have really unique wishes too, and, I, I either blame, I think I blame HGTV for this, but a lot of times um, they want a shed or a room makeover. Oh, <laughs> house, and they're getting to be pretty elaborate. Like these kids, it's not like your simple thing that we used to be, but um, yeah, we just, uh, just did one. We did this tree house in, in Litchfield and it was, it came out beautifully. And sometimes these kids just want a space of their own, that they're sharing a room with siblings um, that they just need a place to go to, you know, themselves. So, so there's a lot more of those than what we used to have.
1: Oh, that's so interesting.
2: Yeah. Maybe with the
1: pandemic too, that, that was one of the drivers is, you know, people
2: we' all, we were all used to spending time in our own way in our house. So. Yeah, no, I think so. So if anyone has any skills, you know, electrical, carpentry, those are the things that we're looking for now. It's really, it's really changed the face of, of our needs. Interesting. Well, and, and that's
1: a perfect segue. Cause I was going to, uh, you know, the, the, the question of course is how can, how can people
2: help? Right. And I get that every day. And sometimes, yeah, people don't know how to help, but it's amazing that, you know, I have a, we, we have 400 wishes in the queue right now. So wow. there's probably something that you can do, whether it's the girl who just wants to go to the beach house for a week. And maybe yeah. you know someone who has a beach house, um, whether it's the kid who wants a, um, I want to say like a little mini bike that they're old enough. It's an older kid. You know, it's just, it's goods and services are hard to come by, but right. sometimes you just know people who know people who can help. And it really is um, even if it's a swing set, we can use a group to come out and, you know, level the yard. I mean, there are one day projects, there's multiple day projects. We've got office volunteers I've got some that they man our desk every day and they greet kids or they're, they're, they're giving tours to, to wish kids, which is great. And then I've got um, summer interns too. If you've got kids that are in college that are looking for something to do to give back, we've got a bunch of them. So that's how, that's how we make things happen. We've got about 400 volunteers. In Connecticut. In Connecticut. Holy cow. Always can use more. And you said there's 400 wishes in the queue. In the queue. Yeah. In Connecticut. Yes. It's ballooned because of the pandemic. Um, You know, we decided we could either most 70% of the wishes involve some sort of travel. Because even if you meet a celebrity, you have to go where they are. They don't come to you typically. So during the pandemic, they weren't allowed to travel. Their doctors wouldn't let them travel. So we said, you know what? We're not going to force them to change their wish. We'll be ready when they can. And we knew we were going to have this big pipeline balloon. Right. So right now we've got 400 in the queue.
1: Dare I ask is what would be a more normal number of wishes? Yeah, probably 200. Okay. About 200. That's still, that's still too many. Holy
2: cow. And and new ones are coming in every day. So yeah. Yeah. Do you, so do you ever feel in your role that you're settled? (laughs) No. In fact, one of the bigger burnout roles in the, in the chapters are wish um, coordinators. So these are the people who really work on these wishes. And so just, they just get one done. and Another one comes in and you can never, unfortunately, we wish we didn't have these jobs because we wouldn't have sick kids, yeah. but you can't, they just keep coming. Wow. And that's yeah. why we need the help of all these volunteers because it's a lot for a small staff. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you, you talked about um, the
1: capital campaign and obviously large donations are always Welcome, but when you and I first had our conversation, you mentioned to me how impactful the small donations were as well from a monetary standpoint.
2: Right. You know, some people will say, well, I can only give $25, I can only give $50. What's that gonna do? And you'd be surprised when we get the mail every day, the stack of checks that come in for the small amount add up. They add up quite a bit. You know, I even if you know people with, with social media that have followers. We had one boy in Greenwich, Stephen. he wanted to raise enough money for a wish uh, before he, he passed away. And he was every day on YouTube and he would draw some art with his mom and he got some followers, which is great. And PewDiePie, I don't know if you know PewDiePie, but it's one of the social media influencers that's pretty big. Okay. PewDiePie saw it and PewDiePie posted. Like everyone, can you give $5 to this kid? Oh, wow. Within like 24 hours, there
1: was $30,000. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I I will have to ask my girls if they know PewDiePie. They may be uh, embarrassed that I don't know. So that's, but that's an amazing story. Yeah. And and when you, when you think about these small dollars adding up, do you know how it fits into the larger picture of, of the total money that comes into Connecticut?
2: Yeah, I I probably don't. I mean, I always like to say that of our, our funding, you know, a third comes from individuals, a third comes from events, and a third comes from corporate in yeah. general. Yeah. But we, you know, someone asked, me, so maybe the other way, they said, how many major donors do you have? And a major gift typically is, we define it as 10,000 and above. Yeah. And I would say, I said, well, look at my fingers, I can fit them on these hands. Yeah. And they're like, wow. Wow. Or they think some of, you know, we have major corporation in Connecticut, Gosh, you know, the top 100, you must be. Well, again, and you know, my hands are who supports us. Exactly.
1: Wow. Okay. That's a great way to think about it.
2: Yep. So the little dollars are important. They are important. Yep. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's make a wish. It's great. But we also need to change the conversation that it's just not nice. It's really important to fund these wishes. And that's some of the conversation we're starting to have. That's
1: great. And, and do you have an idea of the 400 that you mentioned wishes that are in the queue, how many of them are finan- are, are sort of already financed and ready to go, if that makes sense?
2: Yeah, uh, very, I would say, I, I just, actually, I just was talking to my team about this. I think we've got about 75 right now funded, ready to go. Okay. And the summer's really busy, so there's a lot happening this summer because the kids have missed so much school. Yeah. That they don't want to miss school anymore. Well, though I tell them, I don't know if you really want to go to Disney in the summer because it's super crowded right. <laughs> school, but they do go. So we've got about 75 now and we just, we, we have a program called adopt a wish. So if people really do resonate or want to do something, you know, for their company in their town or, or just a group gets together or people will say, you know, I like music wishes. If you ever have a music wish cup or my dentist said to me, well, I've been doing this for 10 years. If you ever have a dental wish, you know, let Mm. me know. Yeah. Sure enough, a girl, because of her treatments, it had caused her teeth to deteriorate. Wow. And her wish was for a great smile. Six years old. Um uh, my dentist who's in a phenomenal uh, cosmetic dentist um uh, did about ten thousand dollars worth of work, no charge to make a wish. And now we have this girl with this beautiful smile.
1: Oh, that's incredible. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So
2: it's it's kind of anything you can think of. There's yeah. there's people out, you know, we can make some connections out there. Yeah, no,
1: I love and I don't, Pam, I don't know how you don't get emotional every day. I just that's, you know, that's, it's,
2: it's a feel good. I, the yeah. volunteers are, are on the front line a lot. Yeah. Although I do get to meet a bunch of kids in my, my, my world, but it's, um you know, we come in and we're giving them something good. So people say to me all the time, like, God, your job must be so sad. And I said, no, honestly, we come in at a really good part and we give them a boost. Yeah. And and that makes, you know, us feel well. And it, it's great when I see kids when they're older too and they come back and I'm like, oh, you have a mustache now. That's so great. Oh. <laughs> um, so you yeah. do keep in touch with a lot of the kids. So that's part of why we built the wishing place. Yeah. We felt, although wish is amazing and transformative, we're Make-A-Wish Connecticut. And You know, what can we do better? And the board said, you know, we can create a wishing place that mm. they come back as alumni and their families and their siblings, by the way. These siblings get dragged through a lot. Mm. We're, we're having programs for them, so... At Halloween, we do a trunk or tree. With we do uh, movies in the summer, a drive-in theater. Uh, We've got a big event with WW in the winter. It's a winter wonderland. They come through. So we're we're expanding more of those. Okay. But but we're we're on the right track. Yeah. And and to see these kids come back, and we have got four thousand alumni. Holy cow. Yeah. And then some of them want to give back. We have a group of 20 year olds now who are trying to fund a wish themselves. They're like, well, we can, we can pay it forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for those in Connecticut, where is
2: the wishing place located? We're in Trumbull, Connecticut, uh, 56 Commerce Drive. Anyone can come. In fact, I have people that will pull up and like, what is this place? Can we come in? And, <laughs> and we, you know, we'll give them, we'll give them tours if there's not a, a kid in here. Um, yeah. You know, like today I had a very compromised kid. So kind of shut down a couple of floors and with masks someone just took them through, but we're also like a safe place. And we're, you know, we've followed the hospital protocols of cleanliness and it's just a place that they can come either to explore what their wish would be yeah. or once they figured out their wish we've delivered tons of puppies here uh, in the last couple of years, which has been great. Oh my gosh. It's yes. so much fun.
1: Uh, Pam. I, I love this. Thank you. And I, uh, you and I have talked a lot about this. I'm, I'm, working with your team right now. I am in the process of creating my own fundraising for make a wish Connecticut, which I so I'm nervous to say out
2: loud, <laughs> but let's, if let's you go say through it. it. I'm true. That's, that's my thing.
1: Yeah. And so I, I, um, as you know, I, um, and some of the listeners know, I've, I've been competing in triathlons now for about eight years and I've done more recently for years, you know, the, the half iron distance, uh, triathlons, and I'm checking off my bucket list on November 4th to do my first full Ironman in uh, down in Florida. It's the 140.6 in Panama Beach, uh, which, if you're not familiar with tri- triathlons, 140.6 represents the distance. So it's 2.4 mile swim, it's 112 mile bike, followed by a full marathon, which is 26.2 miles. So that is my my goal, and I, and as you and I talked, Pam, I would love to raise money for at least one wish, um, which my goal is to, you know, hit over that ten thousand dollars, thirteen if we need to. And I'm gonna reach out to everyone listening, and family, and friends, and if you know, please, please wow. help donate. Every dollar, as you said, counts. And if you are charitably inclined uh, and you have a donor advised fund, uh, your team has been helping me set that up so that you can utilize your donor advised fund for the donation as well. So I'm I'm excited, Pam. Your team has been fantastic.
2: Well Jelena, I mean that's amazing that you're doing that and <laughs> and thank you to put it with a component for for make a wish and so as someone told me, you know, that do some things like that too. They like, well, you know what, the kids go through a lot, you know, I can go through a lot and and uh so Yeah
1: I, I think I'm gonna need a lot of motivation to finish in hopefully 13 hours. And so I thought why Whoa. What, what more of a motivation than this? So it was it was such amazing timing when we met. As I was thinking through, um, yeah. I just signed up for the race, so so I I think this is perfect. So thank you as well. No. let's see if we can't get that. All right, I, yeah. I think you're gonna do it. I'm just uh, well, Pam. Thank you so much for your insight. Uh, I love you. Um, you chartered your own destiny. You followed your heart. You were bold, and um, I just can't wait to see what Make a Wish in Connecticut continues to do. So congrats.
2: Oh, good. Well, we're going to get all these 400 wishes done. I hope so. (laughs) They deserve it. The kids deserve it. We're working hard every day. And you know what? So thank you. So it's folks like you that make it all happen.
0: Oh, thank you. Please see the disclosures in the description of the podcast. This is not investment advice and should not be construed as such. Thank you for listening to Women on Wealth by women for women. Stay up to date by subscribing to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, please visit www.julinaobovie.com or join us on Facebook and LinkedIn.